we have been studying here in the book of Acts, going through the Scripture here. And uh, this, if you will, if you will, this is what we would call Peter's sermon. Uh, the Holy Spirit came down, and uh, the next couple verses uh, uh, is what takes place. We talked about that last week. We talked about how the Holy Spirit came down, and they were all in one accord, and there came a sound uh, like a mighty rushing wind or as a rushing wind, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit filled the place where they were sitting. And then uh, there were, eight, I, believe, I believe, 18 different people, uh, groups that were sitting out there in different languages and different uh, nationalities, if you will. And, and they began to hear the message as it was preached. And the preacher began to preach. And when they heard the message, it was in, it was in, it was in their own language. And can you imagine in a room this size, if we had multiple people in here that spoke different languages and you had someone in here that knew Spanish and English and, and German and uh, Russian and had different kinds and, and the preacher gets up and preaches in English and everyone hears it in their own language. Can you imagine uh, the work of the Holy Spirit of God? And that's what took place in this text. Peter is preaching and that's what takes place. Uh, he'll preach all, I believe, all the way to verse number 40. Peter begins to preach and talks. But we're going to take just a section of verses, 10 verses here, and I'm going to try my dead level best to give you what I feel like um, is happening here uh, in this text. So you've got your Bibles open to Acts chapter number 2. And uh, let's go ahead and stand just out of respect to reading the word of the Lord. And uh, we'll read so, 10 verses and then we'll be seated and proceed there, uh, there with uh, the rest of the scripture here. But Acts chapter 4 and verse number 14. But Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you. And hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Uh, but this uh, is that when which was spoken of, spoken by the prophet Joel. So Peter begins to quote scripture in the Old Testament of that, the book of Joel, chapter two, I believe, and he begins to pre or begins to. Quote what Joel said, uh, prophesying of what would take place one day. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heavens ab heaven above and signs in earth beneath, blood and fire and vaporous smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call Upon the name, on the name of the Lord shall be, I like that word, shall be, not might be, not may be, not, I, I, I don't know, it says shall be Amen. saved. Amen. 
Aren't you glad we can still do that today? Verse 22, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and and slain. Whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it is not it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Amen. Now we'll stop there. He he continues to preach, but I just want to take this one group of scripture here and try to convey this thought, if you will. Let's pray. I know, Lord, we've come to you and we've prayed. But I ask you right now that you'd fill me with your words. Lord, only allow me to say the things in which you have me to say. Lord, I I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for the day that I called on you. I thank you for your saving grace and your mercy. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. So just by way of introduction, we'll go through the first couple of verses here and then we'll jump into the message. But in verse number 14 and verse number 15, Peter defends the disciples or defends the apostles, if you will. In verse number 13, uh, they say, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. And uh, the immediately, Peter, I mean, who else would get up and speak like that, you know? I mean, you look through the, uh, if, you, if you've studied and uh, know the life of Peter, Peter was always the loudmouth. Peter was always the first one to stand up and say, Ah, not here. Nope, not doing that. Hey, y'all listen. And so, and of all people, of all disciples to stand up and start preaching, it was Peter. So here it is, they accuse them of having been drunk. Uh, because of the Holy Spirit coming down, because of them speaking in, uh, in a known language, because of them understanding, because of what was taking place, they accused them of being drunk. Well, Peter gets up and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. These men, they're not drunk. These men have not drank the new wine. Verse number 14, he says, these men, these men are not drunk. Verse 15, he said, they're not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it's, it, it is but the third hour of the day. See, he said it's not even, it's, it's too early in the morning for them to be drunk. They're not drunk. Because it was the day of the Pentecost. It was 50 days after the Passover. This was a special day. This was a day when they went to worship God. They were not drinking. They were worshiping God. So Peter said, wait a minute, guys. You've got this way out of context. You don't understand what's going on here. These men, they have not been doing that. But then Peter begins to preach to them. He goes to the scripture in the book of Joel. 
and he begins to read the scripture. He quotes the scripture. I don't know. Maybe he was holding a scroll. I don't know if he had the book of Joel out there. I don't know. Maybe it was just written in his handwritten notes. I don't know. But but Peter begins to quote the scripture in the book of Joel, how God would pour out his spirit upon his people. So number one in the message this morning is, uh, number one, is the spirit of God. You say, what do you mean by the spirit of God? In verse number 17, he quotes Joel and Joel says in verse, in verse number 17, he said, I will pour out my capital S spirit. Capital S Spirit. What does that mean? Capital S Spirit means that he's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's not just a Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit of God. It's part of the Godhead Spirit is what he's talking about. He said he's quoting Joel saying there is going to come a day. Joel said there will be a day when the Holy Spirit will come down and he'll pour it out on all flesh. In verse number 18, he says it again. He said, I will pour out in those days of my capital S, Spirit, on and and they shall prophesy. Now, the last days... You say, well, this ain't the last days. Look, Jesus still hadn't come back. How is that the last days? How do they say that that's the last days? You understand that we've been in the last days for over 2,000 years? Hey, when Jesus left, do you know what took place? They were waiting on Him to come back. And they've been anticipating the return Christ since He left. They didn't even want him to leave. They wanted to stay and set up the kingdom when he was there. But he left, and it wasn't time. And he's been gone 2,000 years, and we're still in the last days. Capital S, Spirit. Not only do I like that, capital S, Spirit. Because that capital S spirit is available and is still today. When he left, he left us the comforter and he sent the comforter. This was the Holy Spirit. Now, in verse number 17, something else I like about that capital S spirit, if you will. But in verse number 17, he said, I'll pour out my spirit On how much flesh? On some of the flesh? On the Jewish flesh? On the Gentile flesh? On the white flesh? On the Hispanic flesh? On the black flesh? He said no. He said I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody can get the Holy Spirit of God. Now, now, if you studied this book of Acts, we'll see that even the disciples studied. I had trouble understanding that everybody could be saved. But I'm going to tell you, there's not a person in this world that can't be saved. Right. That's right. Because they're part of that all yes. flesh. 
So when Peter got up to preach, he preached to these men and had men of different nationalities and people from all over the world. The Bible says from every nation (laughs) represented there that day. Every person can be saved. Man. We understand that most of the Old Testament represented Jewish forefathers, Jewish patriarchs, if you will. That there was some Gentiles mixed in there, but for the majority, it was about the Jewish, the Jews, Jews out of Egypt, Jews being led by Moses, Jews going into the promised land, Jewish kings that we just heard about. And all of those things that took place was about the Jewish people. But when God died on the cross, or when Jesus died on the cross, if you will, He died not just for the Jews. He said, I will pour out, Joel prophesied this, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'm saved because He came died on the cross for my sins, and sent the Holy Spirit of God to all. Made it available for every single person in this room. Never before, never before has there ever been such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. There were times in the Old Testament, Moses parting the water. Moses getting on the mountain and getting the commandments from God. David raising his uh, slingshot and, and killing Goliath. And, and Daniel in the mouth of, shutting the mouth of the lions. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And Jesus protected them. There we see the Holy Spirit of God moved and warped. In a special way in the Old Testament. But here we are in the New Testament. For grace never had there ever been a moving of the Holy Spirit like it was that day. On the day of Pentecost when Peter preached. And 3,000 people. 3,000 people. Got up out of their seat. And got saved. 3,000 people got baptized because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. People from all over the globe hearing the gospel, maybe even for the first time in their lives, in their own tongue. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You know... That you and I have that same Holy Spirit. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30, He says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Do you know who lives inside of me? The Holy Spirit of God. I've heard, you've said it, I've said it probably. You need to ask Jesus into your heart. I asked the Lord to save me and He sent me the Comforter. And He took my heart that was sin-filled. He took my heart that was wrong and He sealed me. Washed me white as snow. 
and now live inside of me is the Holy Spirit of God. The same Spirit that came. The same Spirit of God that Peter preached about in Joel chapter... Uh, Joel, uh, he's the same Spirit of God. We are living in the last days. We are. The trumpet is closer now than it's ever been before. We must prepare for the day when He calls us home. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the day that I get to go to heaven. But do you know that there are more people out there that are lost? And there are people without Christ. And there are people that will... Look, if they don't know Christ, I don't care what they belong to or who, 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 they, who they are or how much money they have. If they don't know the Lord, they won't go to heaven. So one day, He's coming. The last days. Number one, we see the Spirit of God. But number two, I want to look at the day of the Lord. In verse number 20, look at what He says in verse number 20. He said, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. See, not only did Joel prophesy of the last days, if you will, but not only did he prophesy of that, but he also prophesied of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord when the moon will turn into blood and the, dark, the sun will turn into darkness and the great and notable day of the Lord. See, there was, if you'll read here in Acts chapter number 2, there was not smoke in verse number 19. There was not blood. There was not fire. There was not the darkness of the sun. There wasn't the blood, moon, it didn't happen on this day. But, but what did happen was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. And there are many times in the Old Testament that part of the, a part of the prophecy was done and the rest of it will take place as well. So not only do we see that there was a great outpouring of the Spirit, but God's not done. God wasn't done then and God's not done yet. If He was done, we'd all be in heaven right now. But He's not done. So the day of the Lord will come. The day of the Lord will come. In Revelation, I believe, I can't remember the exact chapter, but the Bible tells us that the moon will turn blood. And there will be blood. The Bible says that there will be blood rain high on the horses. I, I, there will be blood. There, the, the moon will turn to blood. There will come a day, the great day of the Lord. But it's not here yet. But if we read the Scriptures in Revelation chapter number 7, there will be another outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. A host, the Bible says a host at Revelation chapter 7 verses 1 through 17 tells us that there will be a host of, of Gentiles who will be saved from all nations as a result of the witnesses of the 144,000. There will be another outpouring of the Spirit. So God's not done yet. The Spirit of the Lord has been poured out once and it will be poured out again. The rest of this prophecy will be, filled, be fulfilled later. But if you look in, <coughs> in verse number... Uh, Verse number 17, uh, let me see if I, I didn't write that scripture verse down. But Peter says, Peter says, uh, I'm just going to have to read it because I've got to find it. But this is, this uh, verse, I'm sorry, verse number 16. I, I'm sorry I didn't write that down. But Peter says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
Peter says, this is that. This is the prophecy right now that the, that the Holy Spirit will come down. But one day there have been one day the rest of that prophecy will be fulfilled that Joel spake of. The, the great day of the Lord. Are you ready for the trumpet? Are you ready for the Lord to come? Now, we see the Spirit of the Lord. We see the day of the Lord. But then the greatest message that He gave us in, in, this, in these set of verses is, is number three, and that's salvation. You say, what do you mean salvation? We're going to work forward. We'll jump forward a couple of verses, then we'll come back. In verse number 22, the Bible says that, that uh, ye men of Israel heard these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of a God. And then it goes on. He says, you saw his miracles and you saw his wonders and you saw his signs, which God did in the midst of you. See, what happened was Jesus lived on this earth in the midst of a Jewish nation and he did signs and he did wonders and he did miracles in the midst of them. Bible says in John, we talked about that, that there's not enough books in the world to contain all the miracles that Jesus did. Jesus did miracle after miracle, healing the blind and healing the deaf that couldn't hear, making the lame to walk, raised Lazarus from the dead, walked on water, fed 5,000. He did miracles and wonders and signs so that the Jews would believe. Because the Bible tells us that Jews needed a sign. Peter says, look, there was a man named Jesus. You guys rejected him. Not only did he come to this earth and he gave us signs and wonders and miracles, you guys rejected him, and you killed him. And you crucified him and have slain him. You did. Can you imagine sitting in that crowd maybe, maybe in that crowd was one of those men or one of those women that said, hey, what do you want to do? Hey, you guys want Barabbas? Jesus, who do you want? Kill Jesus! Crucify Him! Maybe there might have been men who were there that day when they took Jesus and they crucified Him and they nailed Him to the cross and they watched the blood run down His face and they watched Him and they watched Him die. There they sat listening to Peter talk. You killed Him! You murdered Him! And yet He had done miracles and wonders and signs. But Jesus did that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Bible says in John chapter 10, <coughs> He said, No man take it from me, but I lay down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Nobody took Jesus' life, but He allowed them to. Not only do we see that He had miracles and signs and wonders, but in verse number 23, God knew in verse number 23, he said that God had the foreknowledge. The foreknowledge of God. 
You know, God knew. God knew what would happen to his son when he sent him to this earth. God knew that when his son came to this earth, that they would take his son and they'd beat him. They'd take his son and they'd slap him. They'd take his son and they'd rip his beard out. They would take his son and put him on a cross. He knew it. He knew Judas would betray him. He knew that Peter would deny him. He knew. And yet God still chose to allow his son to pay for our sins. Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He knew it. God knew. You have taken and slain him. You have crucified him, verse, uh, verse 23. But verse number 24, I love this verse. I, I've studied this and I've read it, but I never saw it until I was studying this Scripture out. But look what it says in verse number 24. He said, Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, God raised Jesus from the dead. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us, and 10, 9 and 10 tell us the same thing. God raised Jesus from the dead. Verse number 24. But having loosed the pains of death, because, watch, it was not possible that he should be holden of it. What, what does that verse mean? That means Jesus couldn't, it was impossible for death to hold him. He was God. See, when he was in the ground and they crucified him and they made his physical human body take its last breath, he could not stay dead because it was not Possible for him to stay in that ground. Up from the grave, he arose. He was a resurrected Savior because death couldn't hold him. The Bible says that he took on the sins of the world. He became sin for me. He became wickedness. He became a liar. He became an adulterer. He became a user. He became a he became sin. From me. Yeah. From me. Yeah. And me. So verse number 21 could come. And verse 21 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. See, Jesus became sin. Jesus became it. He died. Death could not hold him. And because of that, I can be saved. And because of that, the Holy Spirit can fill me. Without his death, without his burial, and the resurrection, I could not call on him to be saved. That's right. He paid for my sins. Yes. Thanks be to God. What does Peter say to these people? You killed him. You murdered him, but I'm going to tell you. You couldn't hold him down. Right. You couldn't stop him. He rose from that dead. And he 
paid for your sins. He paid yeah. for your choice of murder yeah. Yeah. of an innocent man. Jesus paid for their sin. That's why the Bible says in John 1.12, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His... What? What? Come on. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, and, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. But at the name of Jesus, for whosoever shall call upon the name of Trenton, that's not what it says, name of the church, or name of baptism, or name of church membership. That's not what it says. But whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, name of Jesus, shall be saved. Because of the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my salvation.